0: What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Rip City Rundown podcast. This is now attempt number four, I believe, at getting this podcast to work because this internet here is not great. But if you're seeing this right now, that means the internet is working well. And we are here to talk Blazer basketball. It is December 23rd. We just attended the Trailblazers and Wizards game the other night. A tough 118-117 loss, but we will be discussing that game. Our experience at the game mode was rocking, I'll tell you that. And then we'll also talk about what we want to see going forward and what we've seen up to this point. Um, If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Go follow our trivia on TikTok at rip.city.rundown, also known as RCR Trivia. That's all we got for the intro. West, how are you doing this now afternoon? We started recording in the morning, but it's now the afternoon.
1: It is now the afternoon, and I guess I'm doing fine. The answer, I would say, it's fine. Uh This team is clearly a bad team in the NBA, which is okay. I enjoyed the game the other night against the Wizards. I know we didn't win. Tough loss there at the end. But Simons had 41, 22 in the fourth. Uh, We can talk about that game, a couple of the games prior to that. Uh, Talk about a few things we've been seeing. We can talk about Scoot. We can talk about, you know, Chauncey and his coaching, what we think about all of that. We can talk about what players we think are going to stick on this team long term, what players are not. So that's kind of where I want to go in this podcast. But in terms of how I'm feeling I would just say fine. I'm honestly, when I watch the games, I'm still enjoying watching the Blazers play, but I just don't have expectations from a winning standpoint. So I guess I would just say it is what it is.
2: Yep. Um, I'm in the same boat as you West. Um, It was a fun experience to go to the game, uh, especially after that horrible, I went to the opening night Clippers game, which was a terrible game. So it was good to, uh, even though we lost, um, have a close game because I told you guys in person how I haven't been to a NBA game where it's been close since like about 2019. So that was fun. Um, it's great to have, first of all, it's just great to have Simon's back, just the whole control flow of the team. Um, when he has the ball in his hands and his ability to score, it's beautiful because when he was injured, we looked, I mean, we still look like rib- rubbish, but, um, But yeah, I'm feeling all right right now. Happy for Christmas in two days. So
0: Yeah, that is fact. So upcoming this week, we got Warriors tonight as we're recording. We've got Sacramento on the 26th. And then we got a little back-to-back against San Antonio. Um, I think that's the first thing we'll start with. We'll start with Anthony Simons because ever since he's come back, he's averaging, I believe, like 27 and 6, something along those lines. Shooting the ball pretty well, I believe 45, 38 from 3. And... This team looks a lot better. Uh, we obviously beat the Suns. We obviously lose to the Wizards, but that first quarter was atrocious against the Wizards. Um, but just the offense looks a lot better. And I think this is something I said preseason when my hot take was Anthony was going to average 28 plus. Um, At the time, that was a hot take because obviously Anthony had never averaged over 23 in a season. Um, but it looks like that's quite actually a possibility this season. Um, what what's just something you've seen from Anthony this year? I, I also think Anthony's performance is even elevated even more now that we've seen that Scoot has struggled the way he has, as expected. So we look at Anthony, and we're like, Scoot's been this bad. Anthony looks this much better. Um he's better. just what what has been kind of the highlight for this past two weeks ever since Anthony's come back? How's he feeling watching him play?
2: way better than last season. Um, you can just tell that from the eye test from just – watching him play but also i just have statistics here last year i know it's only been nine games because he's been injured small sample size but he's averaging six points more than last year and shooting about one percent better from from the field uh is averaging half a more rebound two more assists and point two more steals he is doing better in every single category this season which is just it's just it's beautiful it's exactly what we wanted to see as he is a huge part of our future in this team. In a way, I view him as kind of the new Damian Lillard, the new veteran-ish growing player, but obviously he's only in his early 20s. So,
1: Yeah. I I was going to say, kind of set it up nicely there, Cody, is that Simons is kind of, dare I say, similar to Dame in his ability to just straight up shoot the ball. Of course, Dame's range was deeper. It was probably a little more varied, his moves. But Simon's is still young. But every time Simon shoots the ball, I get the same feeling that that ball is going in. Like he's that good of a shooter. Um, Reading those stats, I think what I'm most impressed by is the playmaking has increased a little bit with the more assists, which I, I kind of saw coming just because he has now been put into the Damian Lillard role. He is now the number one option in the backcourt and quite frankly on the team. So he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more, but I'm just impressed with how he's playing. Now he's the number one name on the scouting report every night when he plays the other team, first thing they're going to do, try to stop one. And he, all he's done is increase his statistics. All he's done is um, increase his um, clearly his, how valuable he is to the team. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you could say defense too, but just how valuable he is to the team. I mean, And, of course, that's being compounded by Scoot's early struggles. You know, Shaden still quite isn't the ball handler yet. He's still developing there. So Simons brings a huge need to this team. But I'm just impressed with getting the ball in his hands more. And he's, you know, of course, the output is greater. And that can be hard because, you know, when you become the scouting report, basically for this team, I know Jeremy's good, but, you know, it's it's easy to kind of get taken out of games. But he's shown maturity and varied
0: offensive skill. Yeah, I, decor think, it all three levels. I think something with Anthony that is similar to Dame is especially during that game the other night when it was really – I mean, Aiden had a solid game. He ended up being almost 50% from the field, had like 23 and 16, but we can all agree that he missed a fair share of easy buckets, especially down the stretch. But when it comes to Anthony, there wasn't a time last night when he took a shot and I was like, why are you taking that's a bad shot? He almost like – it's not the Dame level to where like – you're, you're fine with him chucking from 40 feet, but there's never a time when it's a bad shot for Anthony because he can hit everything. So I think that's just a testament of how good he's become and how good of a shooter he is. Um, And, yeah, it's, it's just night and day since that fifth game of the season when we had no Anthony and to where we are now, offensively mm-hmm. at least. I mean, we've jumped from 30th to I think it's like 20th or 19th on offensive rating uh, since Anthony came back. So, I mean – He's, yeah, I think he's the next star guard for this team. I mean, that's easy to say now while Scoot's been struggling and Sharp's super young, but uh, there's there's traits in Anthony that not a lot of guys have or even can get to. I mean, and, and I think
2: earlier you know, we, I was just gonna say one more thing about Simmons earlier or last season. We mentioned how he was statistically, and it helps when you have a bad team around you, but statistically the worst defender in the league last season. And obviously he's not that anymore. He's not like a great defender by all means, but he's also improved on that side of the ball. I just wanted to mention that real quick.
1: Um was he the worst defender last year or was that like a year, a couple years ago? Last year. Last year, really. Dang. Um well, just before we move on from Simons, the one thing I wanted to add was um just again, the Blazers have been a guard heavy team. Ever since we picked Dame, we've always been, you know, a perimeter oriented team. And it's no different now with Simons, Scoot and Sharp. Clearly, Simons is light years ahead of the other two right now. Um, He's also been in the league for longer than the other two. We have a rookie and a second year player. So I'm not saying all is fair when you're comparing them. But Simons is definitely if I mean, if you pulled all 30 GMs and you said, give me the top 10 players under 25. I think he I think he's there. Yeah, that's
0: my. I have to think it's about close, that.
1: but but if if Simons, I guess my point is, is if the Blazers, which I hope they don't do, and we're not here to talk about this, but if down the line, you know, Simons was offered and put on the market for a trade, just because, for whatever reason, he is a player that is coveted by a lot of people in this league, like he for all the Heat fans that are still lurking around from this debacle, he's better than Tyler Hero. I don't no. care. He's better than. Remember Tyler
0: when Hero. people were debating him and Jordan Poole?
2: That's crazy. better than Jordan Poole.
1: I, I, well, it's, it's just, yeah, I think it's so better than Jordan Poole. There there would be people that disagree, probably. I don't know. They both get stats on bad teams. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, to kind
2: of um, transition into kind of a negative this season, um, I've heard a lot of fans complain about it, especially on social media. I mean, I feel like everything's over-exaggerated on social media. But that is the coaching. I was just about to say that. It's been kind of problematic. I mean, Warriors game, the refs miss a bad call. Um, We get the ball with not a lot of time left, get a stop, and we don't call a timeout. We force. There's five seconds left, and there's just no timeout call. We have one. And Chauncey doesn't call it. We miss the game winner. Lose against the Warriors next game, or two games later, against the Wizards, which we attended to a timeout is called while we're down one this time around. And he draws a, you know, a questionable play with Jeremy Grant left handed hook for the win when Simon has 41. So not specifically looking at those two situations individually, but as a whole, how do you guys feel about everyone, you know, complaining about coaching decisions here?
1: Um, I think if you look at the most recent example against the Wizards, I'm not going to put the complete blame for that last play call on Chauncey because we were sitting behind the bench. In fact, we got a good look at the play that Chauncey drew. Chauncey drew up. We just happened yeah, to X-ball have
2: marker. We saw him draw. We
1: had we had a good angle, and from what I saw, it was you know have some options in the corner, but it was kind of like Jeremy. I saw he was doing a lot of stuff with AS, like come off the screen, get the ball. And I, I really just think Jeremy just said, you know, I we're going to go. Which Jeremy has that leeway as the bet on the team. Like Chauncey's probably not mad at Jeremy. You live with that. Jeremy took a bad shot. Um, from a holistic view, though, I, I'm just curious your guys' thoughts on this. When you're a team that is, I'm not going to say we're, we're stealth tanking. We're clearly we're clearly not tanking, but we're clearly one of the bottom five rosters in the league. Do you think, and I'm not saying I would never say that a team or a coaching staff is trying to lose maybe management and the owner and all that wants to lose. You know, we've had our discussions about Jody before, but do you think when you know, your kind of your, your long-term goal is to accumulate draft capital and all this and losing is always in the back of your mind. Of course, Chauncey is coaching to win the game, but I almost feel like there's like it's kind of hard to maintain that competitive. I we're doing anything to win type of edge. And instead, said, like, just give it to Jeremy. If we make it, we win. If we lose, who cares? Type type attitude, you know, like I almost am saying like Chauncey's not. I don't know, not coaching 100 percent, but not because he's not a good coach. I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
0: Yeah, I think. That's more, I I feel like that's something you see a lot near the end of the year. I don't think that's, first off, in any scenario, it's just hard to believe that anyone's like obviously actively trying to lose or trying not to win. I know what you're trying to say. Like, it's almost just like that thing in the back of your mind that's like, who really cares if this doesn't go in? Because at the end of the day, it'll help our draft stock. It's a team that's worse than us, get more wins. Like, in reality, at the end of the year, we'll probably look at this game, and if the Wizards are a game better than us, we'll be like, this was a huge loss. Like that's just reality, but I don't think that's what Chauncey's doing right now. Obviously, no one's doing that. I mean, we hurt, we we felt mode last night. Like that was a great atmosphere, and a win last night just would have been great for team morale, fan morale. Two straight wins at home. I think you're definitely always trying to win your home games because you always want to give the crowd something to cheer for. Um, just when it comes to Chauncey, though, he did say something really kind of questionable and interesting in the post game press conference. He said, uh, "He was asked about like why does this team go down early so much? Because we I mean we were down 15 at one point in the first quarter." And he said, "This team has no alphas. That's just going to go out and get it to start the start the games." Um, and I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Like, obviously we've had one of the biggest alphas in sports at this time, and Damian Lillard, like one of the best leaders. I don't expect someone to be a Damian Lillard, and I think it's an interesting thing to call out and say no one's an alpha. After Anthony just had 41, because he had a pretty good game. Um, just there's not much context behind that quote. I would just want to hear your thoughts. Like, when you hear the word alpha, do you think of it, think there's anybody on this team that is that? Not that could be that, because I think Scoot has an alpha mentality. When he's gonna be a good player one day, he will be an alpha. Well, but just what are your thoughts? I had say... Rip City. It had Rip City Twitter just on fire last night or two nights ago. Um,
1: I'll just briefly say something and then you can go Cody. All I'll say is I feel like to even make it to the NBA, you kind of have to have an alpha mentality. So I don't think he's talking about it from that perspective, I don't think he's challenging anyone like in their mental strength because these guys are the best of the best and they know they're the best of the best. Like the competitive edge in the NBA is so high and so far above what we can probably even comprehend when we think we're being competitive. We're like just nothing compared to what. So I'm not going to question that. I think what he means is like. I just yeah, I, I don't think we have a guy and I know Simon's can score, but I just don't think we have that guy who can really just. Do it exactly the way they want it when they want it, however they want it.
0: We, we don't have a guy that like sets the tone for a game, I feel. Like. Yeah,
1: and, and I think that Chauncey comment is. I agree with it, but it's only because we're comparing everything to Dame, which is unfair in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of teams that don't have an alpha. Like it is a an al- alpha is attached to your output on the floor, in my opinion, because everyone has a, not everyone, but most NBA players have that mentality of can score. I mean, Eric Gordon scored 50 in a game. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's an interesting comment. Cody, what are your thoughts on that? I've, I honestly don't know.
2: Yeah. Um, Kind of in- interesting how he would say that in the first place, because you just don't want people to speculate. But if we're talking at, if we're talking from comparing to Dame's standpoint, then I completely agree. No one on our team, in any way, shape, or form, can just score at will to that ability. Simon's being the closest one to that. Um, it could just be motivation tactic for for our boys. Honestly, you want
0: to know I think it is. I mean. Simon's had 41 in this game, and he had 22 in the fourth quarter. He had a he had a bad first quarter. Let's just put it that way. Not even bad, just an average. And I think that's him just like not necessarily calling someone out, but if it was to call someone out, it's not Simon's. I think it's DeAndre Ayton because he's the second highest paid player on this team, or maybe third. But he's like technically our prized possession of this Damian Lillard trade. Um, And you're paying him $30 million, and when you're missing bunnies like that down the stretch, and when you're shooting 6-for-18 against Phoenix, you're shooting 10-for-21 against the Wizards, who, by the way, give up the most points to centers um, in the league. Like, I think we can all agree, Aiden, while a lot of it is not his fault because we've seen him at least take more shots and be a little better since Simons came back, you want more out of Aiden. Because if Aiden doesn't turn out to be a perennial top, what, eight center in the league, then, like, that's... Why it's not or really play. what you want as the prize possession of a Damian Miller trade. I know there's yeah. more picks involved, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but also
2: just Aiden was, as a whole,
0: because again, yeah. we haven't talked on the podcast in three or four weeks. Um, just Aiden, what do you think when you think Aiden this year?
2: I think do you want to go first, West? Yeah, I mean, my
1: thoughts we probably all had similar thoughts it's weird what we said against the wizards had 23 and 16 just just felt quiet it just There's felt no, quiet yeah, i mean no like big play i it's which is fine i mean if you're just gonna of course all i can think about is the mist the missed bunny You got you know gafford they kind of got crashed the offensive glass a little bit on him um it's just tough because i really don't want to judge him until I know we said until Simons comes back and I don't know exactly how many games it's been since Simons has been back. I mean, call it like four or five, maybe. So I kind of want to get like a, I just kind of want to get a month under my belt and then check this past month splits for Aiton with Simons and off because part of why Aiton has struggled offensively is scooting, you know, and you have first and second year guards who just, are adjusting to NBA life. You know, Scoot is literally trying to learn how to play in the league and Sharp is now trying to learn how to be on a scouting report. So now people are game planning against Sharp. And also we've talked about this off camera, but Chauncey is, you know, at least when Simons was out, was dabbling with Sharp running pick and rolls to mixed results. You know, Sharp is not a great pick and roll player because he hasn't done it before. so. Aiden is the guy who sh- is going to suffer from that the most because he is not really a back to the basket guy and we've talked about that Aiden's a guy who and he did it a lot in Phoenix you get the ball kind of in the pocket on the pick and roll and you know he loves he loves himself a jump shot he he's got good touch I mean he's he's graceful out there um you know maybe and I think going back to the Alpha comment, he's probably challenging Aiden to be a bit more physical and pose his will a bit more which I would like to see too of course, again, it's tough when you're seven and twenty-one or whatever, and you know you're not going anywhere. You know that's that's a tough mindset. So, I don't know. I I'd like to get a couple more months under my my belt before I make a call on Da.
2: Yep, yep. I agree. I mean, he's still young, has a great build. Um, comparing to Nurk, I wish we could <laughs> merge them together, take the best of each of their abilities, and merge them together. And if I were to. Um, give Aiden a Nurk ability, it would just be just the aggression strength-ish kind of side of that. But his touch is obviously way better than Nurkic. And not trying to go off topic, but a thing that kind of made me mad about last night was um, no shade to Jeremy Grant, but that last play was obviously run through him. I'm pretty sure it was you know, his attention, his plan to get the ball. And it's just like, First of all, if it's a playoff game, I don't think that play call is made, first of all. And second of all, um, we should be feeding our young guys in the clutch, in my opinion. If you're a tanking team, feed DA the ball at the end of the game. Even the last play, or at least like Scoot's not going to be in the game, but give it to Sharp. I know Sharp's injured right now, but have him take the final shot. Have Simons take the final shot. He has 41 points. I just don't know why. We have yeah. so much young talent, and we're and the final play you're giving the ball to here Jay grant
1: i agree with you i i, I agree with you it, until you bring in like the just the context and the politics of it all like we're paying grant so much money like that i think as you know we're investing in grant right now clearly does he spend the rest of this contract in portland probably not but you know he's the vet and he probably was promised like you're going to play on a bad team but you can go shoot 25 times a game if you want to um and i think when you're a veteran who's kind of put in the work who's you know kind of earned your stripes you're getting paid a lot of money you know you're you're going he, he unfortunately in the clutch he is the number one option um not that, that that doesn't mean that against the wizards he should have been um But I understand why we go to him just because, like, we're just gonna pay 150 mil just for him to stand in the corner. I mean,
0: yeah, you forget about all the things behind the scenes. I mean, Brogdon and Jeremy have probably been told, like, yeah, take as many shots as you want because, yeah, we need someone to take shots. But, yeah, final thing before we wrap here, uh, we'll keep it short and sweet. Just going to the game, the atmosphere, let's just. Well, Great. what was something you liked about the game last time? I mean, we were we were close. Ish Wainwright was pretty entertaining on the bench. Shane Sharp, I swore, just like gave me a cold death stare, like ten seconds long, multiple times. Like he just has no life in those eyes. Sometimes, um, <laughs>
1: honestly, my it wasn't my favorite part because it sucked in the in the time that we were doing it. But ten minutes for tip. I mean, the lines were long out there. Like was good, crowd. good crowd, good yeah. crowd. It was cold, big crowds. We got in there. You know, from what I could tell, there's still passion and there's still energy among Rip City. And, you know, when I was like, I made the funny comment before going to the game when we were just talking and I was like. There's probably not going to be a lot of people here and y'all were quick to say, you know, we're still top 10 in attendance. And that's crazy when you're not a good team. So yeah. um, I just appreciated the the energy in the building, honestly, even yeah. if, if it's a four team Wizards or four win Wizards team. And you know we got
2: defense, you know, going on late in the game. So sick. I 100% agree. My best takeaway from the whole game was purely the atmosphere. I went to the Crypto.com Arena for the Clippers opening night. Atrocious crowd. Nothing compared to last night. And that's something you'll always have as a Blazer fan is um, passion at Motor Center. No matter how bad you are. I mean, we got people saying the Kings. The Kings are the best fans in the NBA. Sure, they might be today, but were they 10 years ago when they sucked? Five years ago when they sucked? Absolutely not. But when the Blazers suck, the fans will always be there, no matter what, unless it's the sure. game last year I went to where it was uh, eight inches of snow in Portland. So,
1: Well, that's fair. Uh, last thing, Cody, uh, rank rank the Dippin' Dots, one to ten.
2: Rank the Dippin' Dots. So the I'm rainbow ice was poor. Cookies and cream is going to easily grab the number one spot, followed by banana split. And then taking the uh, back of the whatever is the, what's it called? Rainbow Sherbert? Yeah.
0: Rainbow Ice.
2: Is there a fourth? I think there might there be. There is one. a fourth. Isn't,
0: I don't know what
1: it is. It's in Rainbow Sherbert, a Mario Kart track.
2: Oh, that's embarrassing. No. <laughs> um. Okay. But, yeah, that was my favorite takeaway. The Blazers atmosphere. And I hope it will always say like that. And that is why we should, theoretically, never move as a team. Hopefully. Yeah. And that's why we should
0: feel a good team in the future. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Aiden's been getting better. Simons has been great. Sharp has been good. Scoot has been meh. But hopefully in our next podcast, who knows when it will be. Probably two weeks, three weeks from now, we'll have another check-in. Let us know below in the comments how you're feeling about the Blazers right now through – this is probably now a third through the season. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.